Self-development, how much did you invest in self-development? I invest a ton into myself and I'm a product of that. You can only learn so much through experience. You can only learn so much from a few pieces of wisdom here and there. You know, when you devour a book, you're getting a decade or more of somebody else's life work and best experience. We can't become what we're meant to be unless we are transforming who we are. And that, that takes some outside content. Hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Uh, I'm midi. I'm me only. I'm midi. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Stroke of Success podcast. I'm your host, KB here. Today's guest is special. I have I saw him for the first time last year at the vault. For those who don't, who don't know what the vault is, vault is a conference, a three-day conference in um South Florida is hosted with my my mentor, my hero, as most of the people that know me know really well, Patrick Bed David, who I talk about all the time. And Peter was on stage last year. And I just heard his story. And this year, two months, about a month ago, I was fortunate enough to run into him after lunch. And I'm like, boom, let me just talk to him, jump in, introduce myself. And I say, hey Peter, would you mind jumping my podcast? Because his story is amazing. So with that, that being said, today, let's welcome my guest, our guest, Peter Simpson. Peter, thank you for jumping on today, man. Good to be on, KB. Thank, thank you for jumping on. I know it's last minute thing, you know, back and forth, we're planning stuff. Uh, Peter, start with where are you from? Um, originally, so I live in Arizona now, but I'm okay. originally from a very small town in Minnesota called Staples. So a town of 2,000 people. I grew up across uh, the street from cows on a dirt road six miles out of town and the town was a blip on the map. So wow. it was, uh, I always say it's a great place to be from. It's a great place for many to stay, but for me, adventure was on my, in my future. So big family. I, I think it depends on what you're measuring against, but four four siblings total. So myself, my brother, um, who I have worked with and still work with and is trying to reach me on a walkie talkie. We are oh. uh, testing some walkie talkies. It's like That's an old school pager system. That's awesome. Uh, so that was him right on cue. So we still work together. We founded our company together um, and then two sisters. And then my parents who are still together live in, live in Minnesota. So you said rural, it was a very rural place you were living in? Really rural, yeah. So we were six miles outside of a 2000 person town. So we were rural from the rural and wow. on a dirt road, it's still a dirt road today. Um, you know, one neighbor that you could see and nobody else in in eyesight. So it was it was beautiful. Within isn't life more simpler in many ways? Every time I go back to rural Minnesota, it is a more slow experience, which is which is beautiful. I mean, I I don't dislike it, although I am kind of unnerved by the by the slow pace compared to a big city. Yeah. So I'll tell you something. I am from Brooklyn, New York. Complete opposites. New York City. One bedroom apartment building, five people living in there, hustle bustle. And I used to daydream. I tell my mom, single mom raised me. I was telling her, like, I would love to live in the Midwest. Lifestyle like yours, you know. It's interesting how perspective changes when you get older. You know? Yeah. So cool. So your dad was an entrepreneur? He was a police officer. So he was a, a deputy sheriff in a in the small county that we were that we were uh, living in. And then my mom uh, ran a daycare from our house. So I like to describe it as very, very blue collar upbringing, fantastic, you know, family values and, and a, um, a blessing to grow up in that environment. 
So she was an entrepreneur in some sense, right? Entrepreneur. Yeah, I would say lightly. I mean, definitely. She ran her own business. I never saw. I mean, it, it wasn't until I was really, really in my adult years that I recognized it as running her own business, like in, in a more real sense. For me, it was always growing up was just, oh, does daycare in the house? And it wasn't certainly not a very profitable business, but a business of passion for her and always made enough to make, you know, to make our world go around. That's amazing. Yeah. So you guys were comfortable. Yeah, we were comfortable. I mean, growing up, we had, I mean, I grew up on thrift store clothing a lot and Walmart clothing, you know, like Kmart was a thing back then. So, uh, but I, I had uh, fairly humble beginnings, but never a question of like food or we did vacations and camping and stuff, but it wasn't, uh, uh, not a lot of new things were purchased. Frugal. Yeah. Money work. Yeah. How did that shape your mindset, your psyche growing up? I, I think one of the greatest gifts that I had from that beginning is going to be, um, I mean, I, I was raised a very open level of communication in the home. There was, there was a lot of authenticity for my mom, my dad, our, our situation, the town I came from there. Uh, I didn't, uh, you know, I was picked on a little bit bully, just a little bit in middle school. And so I had that little flavoring to my upbringing as well. But in general, I always felt and knew and wanted something more adventurous. So I, I never imagined myself sticking around that area long term. But when I describe to people that it's a good place to be from, I, I think it's because like the family values, the the not being in the hustle bustle of everything, and then discovering, you know, such a deep appreciation for the ability to just play in the woods or on the dirt road. And it's just it's simple. And there there's a lot of beauty and simplicity. Yeah. Yeah, true. Plus, I think for family values, I have to agree with you. I can only imagine how connected you guys were, right? Dinner table, local church, community, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like the quintessential Lutheran church upbringing. And my dad, I mean, my dad worked evenings a lot. So he was maybe 50% of the time there for dinner and, and not, but it was, uh, yeah, we were close. That's awesome. And although my sisters, we're not as close with them, you know, proximity wise, they're in Minnesota and in, in Seattle. My brother and I have worked together and, and been, you know, best friends for, nearly our entire lives that's amazing you don't hear you don't hear about that as much actually what you do andrew tate and uh and tristan <laughs> tate i'll take it you know tristan. the paul yeah. brothers uh <laughs> logan paul and um, yeah. you know these brothers are about uh very very close tell me about like did you ever had an entrepreneur bug peter that you had inside of you like wait a minute like oh i'm itching i don't want like what aspiration did you have in high school yeah. So those are different questions. Uh, well, sort of different questions, but I'll, I'll tie them together. So Please. I spent a majority of my professional career and, and the solar company that my brother and I own now, we still do a lot of prospecting door to door. So I, I've spent a majority of my professional career in and around door to door sales, which is more common now than it was 15 or 20 years ago when I was getting into it. Uh, but that's where, you know, I've done tons and tons of of my professional work in sales, in homes, on doors, recruiting, leading, building teams, you know, building a company. The first time I ever knocked on doors or sold something for commission was in high school. So that I would say there was a seed there. I was working at a hospital uh, for uh, 15 years old, 
getting paid, I think at that time, like $6 and 25 cents an hour, how, how times have changed. And, and I did math because there was a, a frozen pizza and frozen food fundraiser. And I started doing math on how much I could earn if I sold this frozen food to my neighbors versus how much I earned at the hospital. And I discovered that it was more valuable, like three or four times more valuable to go, you know, talk to neighbors and get them to buy frozen food than it was to work at the hospital. So I did that and, and made enough money to go to Europe with the uh, class trip. So that that was really the beginning of my entrepreneurial experience, maybe a little bit of Boy Spot popcorn before that. But it wasn't until, I mean, I didn't officially launch a company until three years ago and I'm 39. So for a very long time, I was a straight commission 1099 contractor and sales leader, um, which is certainly entrepreneurial in nature, but but still a little bit sheltered from the full-fledged risk of of launching and running a company. I'm taking notes here, but I love taking notes later uh, for myself yeah. and my audience. So insane. You bought the company, started the company three years ago yeah. at third at age 36. 36, yeah. Okay. You stole you sold frozen pizza to neighbor neighborhood, right? At like what 15, age? Let's call it 15. It was, I couldn't drive. My mom still had to drive me around for it. So 15. it would have been before 16. Yeah. Okay. 15, 15. Wow. That's the hustle mentality. Yeah. And then I've, you know, I've knocked 85,000, it's a little north of 85,000 doors um, in the field. So I've, I've done tons of door knocking. I, I don't have time to do that anymore, but it's, it's still a thrill. So it's one of those, one of those um, activities that, you know, only the crazy people enjoy it, but a lot of people embrace it because of the opportunity it can create for yourself, the the value you can create for your customers. But I, I don't think I've met a person whose ego actually enjoys the judgment from a stranger on the doorstep. That just doesn't exist. I did it. I'm a real estate agent by trade, my, my day no. job. I did it. I don't enjoy it. Um, I know it works though. Mm -hmm. Belly to belly, uh, eater here, you know, phone call or that. It, it's the, the top, one of the top ways to, you know, to do it. However, does it work for everyone? In my opinion, I've been doing sales for 20 years. I don't think so. Correct. But if you, if you have the discipline, the drive, and you see the value in it, I think one can thrive case in point yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the industry is, I mean, it's massive right now, not just in solar, but in pest control, home security, roofing, uh, satellite roofing. I mean, there's, there's all, and then you get the, you know, every now and then you still get the magazine sales crews that are oftentimes not yeah. going to, you don't always get what you pay for in those, but yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. So 15 sold pizza. That was, that was the beginning. All right. Let's go. Did you go to college? Yeah. Went to college. So I went to a small school in Minnesota called St. John's university, small uh, Catholic school in the middle of the woods. And, you know, for me, it was still big. My hometown was 2000 or a little North of 2000 and the college was, 2000. So even though that is tiny for colleges, it was a little D3 school. It was still big for me. And then my wife, who I ultimately uh, married, uh, she went to the all girls college a couple miles up the road. And those mm -hmm. those uh, schools combined classes. So it was it was two small colleges that kind of shared resources. And uh, that's amazing. Funny, funny story, right? It, sales and, uh, you know, sales is in our is in all of our blood, right? I, I don't think Communication and influence is sales. If you got a, a wife, a child, a business, uh, an employer, 
a stranger on the street. Everything that we do in life is selling an idea or a concept, or we're being sold an idea and a concept. But one of my fun examples of that is that the the day I met my wife is when my roommate introduced me to her as his girlfriend because they were dating. So we, uh, you know, we, we'd hung out that night as a, as a group of us. And when he and I were walking home, I said, Brad, just so you know, when you guys break up, I'm going to date her. <laughs> he, he laughed it off. And I was not a playboy by any means, but I said, I'm serious. When you guys break up, I'm going to date her. You said, that, you said that to him. And that wasn't the hard, and he, and he, you know, he kind of waved it off. He was, uh, he was not super serious about the girls that he dated, generally speaking. So I, I knew that there would, I knew that we'd get there. But I, I would say that wasn't even the biggest sale. The biggest sale was to her roommates after they broke up that, that now she could date the roommate of her ex and that whole thing. But yeah, sales is, uh, you know, we're always engaged in some form of communication and enrollment and, and selling. It's so funny you're saying this. I thought this was my theory. I caught on to it five years ago. I did a link, LinkedIn article about this, how you sell everyone your parents, everything. I'm like, dude, I'm the only one who thinks like this. <laughs> You're like 20 person said the same thing. You know, I, I agree with you, man. I was talking to someone the other, other day, my daughter, I have a six-year-old daughter. I'm like, you know, she be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. And she's like, she's like well, you know, difference of entrepreneur and this. I go, listen, you're going to sell something. Mm-hmm. You sell me all the time to buy you toys or clothes or this and that. And I try to sell you not, I'm not, you know, not going to buy you anything. And so I'm planting the seed in her mind, but you're hundred percent right, man. Your wife's selling you, right? She's yeah. selling you about the second vacation, uh, honey, let's go over here. Let's do this. Let's buy a house, sell a house. So we're all selling, right? And um, I want to touch on something. So door knocking, have you done like phone sales too? A little bit of phone sales. So there was a, when I was in college is when I started knocking on doors and I worked with the oldest direct sales company in America. It's called the Southwestern Company. It's based in Nashville, Tennessee. That was founded 170-ish years ago after the Civil War. So it was at that point, that was the Southwestern corner of America, just, you know, north of uh, United States. And so I I sold books door-to-door with that company for four years. That's where I got my start. And the, the culture and the experience knocking on doors what i discovered i loved about it is that it is a it's a furnace to chisel yourself inside of so if we if we use it you know use the metaphor of a forge right knocking on doors and that is the furnace that is the forge in which fantastically sharp and effective weapons can be created and just because you stick the metal into the forge or the furnace doesn't mean you get a sharp blade when you pull it out you still got to do a lot of work you've got a hammer and but I, I went into that furnace a lot in college, after college, out of college. You know, it's been a big part of my professional career. And it's a part of the business that I that I get super engaged in is you can, through that experience, discover a tremendous amount about yourself, about your versatility, about your persistence, about your stick to Um, You learn very quickly what works with communication or not, how to handle objections or not. And so the feedback loop is so fast and door to door that I just, I've always loved it. Phone sales, you were asking about that very briefly. There was a, a moment like a year and a half when I, I did some inside sales call center stuff and, and we have an inside sales team here, but I'm, I'm limited in exposure. I just know oftentimes the, the biggest difference I would say is 
you know, you can smile and dial with a room full of people, culture and music pumping. And when you get, you know, crapped on on the phone call and it's done, you have this environment that you can now bounce back inside of. 100%. When you get crapped on on the doorstep and it slams in front of you, or they tell you they're going to call the cops or the neighbors like looking at you weird and like you're in their world, they're not in yours. And so it's, uh, it, it does take a different type of um, perseverance when you're in the field than when you're on the phone. That's insane, man. Let me can you, let's go back a second. So, St. John's University in the wood, God, I saw pizza. Okay, your first sales job was with that company you talked about right now. Yeah, Southwestern. What'd so, you sell? They were study guides and kids books, and then some software CD-ROMs back then. And this is in two thousand four and five and six and eight because those it was those summers that i did about four months at a time and this was in the age of the internet is just beginning to become a thing so it was this weird we're still selling these books that feel kind of like encyclopedias they're much they're much more useful than encyclopedias but a lot of people would just call them that they were like study guides and then children's books which i was attached to because my mom did daycare and i just i was a huge believer in that in education and and then the cds but the the nature of that business, if you ask anybody that works there today and they still have a couple thousand employees that sell books every summer, and then they've got a sister, um, a group of sister companies. I, I want to say a dozen, maybe more than that. Consulting, investments, insurance, clothing, a lot of different options. But they, they'll all still tell you if they knock on doors and sell books or ever did it, that that business was not about books or publishing or knocking on doors. That business was about developing people. And that was that was their that was their mission is to develop leaders so that leaders could go develop great companies. And um, my both my brother and I are are I'm very exactly. proud of spending time there. He he actually spent a lot longer than I did. He was there eleven years, and he's number sorry nine years, and he's number eleven all time. It's a few hundred thousand alumni. He's number eleven, so he's an absolute wizard at uh, at the the process and the science and the art of selling even more than I am. He he beat me at every you know I may have gotten there first. Sometimes I stayed ahead of him, but year over year, he crushed me. Dude, uh, I have to interview him. <laughs> I'll connect you to him. He's great. Please, I would love to hear his story too. And then have you get together and in person next time you're in Florida. Peter, wow. They made this company, of course, they had to make a revenue, but their primary goal was to develop leaders to go do bigger, bigger, bigger and better things out there. That's Provide the, value. Good. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, th I think it worked for such a long time. And, and ultimately, they developed a, you know, a, a group of sister companies so they could keep some of that talent in-house and, and build more expansive opportunities together because you're not going to go knock on doors and sell books until you're 42. That doesn't work. And there's not good enough money there. At least there wasn't. It's a little bit better now. And I still have friends that are in that business and, and love it. And their passion is not the books. And their passion is not even the doors because everybody's ego hates that. Their passion is the growth. It's the opportunity. And it's the development of the young future leaders that they're working with. And, and I think a long time ago, it was simply just a good enough proposition to do that and create enough goodwill and enough positive momentum in a college campus or in a community that the funnel just keeps refilling itself. So you get graduates that go off to the career field and you get friends, family, colleagues, others that come in and, and refill. And today it's a bit more competitive. And so they, you know, they've got them in these sister companies, but it's That's a beautiful amazing. business. What'd you do after that? After that? I, well, I thought I hung up my knocking shoes twice in my career. After my third summer selling books, I thought I was done. And after my fourth summer selling books, I, I, I swore I was done. 
And then a year and a half later, after I moved down to Arizona, I stumbled back into door to door, the, the startup companies that I had been a part of um, a couple of times as an employee. And once as a very young, naive founder, like I don't even really, I guess that's when we started our first business, but we, we barely brought in a paycheck. I, I stumbled back into door to door through home security. So one of my friends said, Hey, I'm knocking on doors again and make a good money. You got to come check it out. And I, and I went and followed a sales manager and what I saw him do in an hour. I'm like, Oh, you just made 600 bucks. I'm, I'm no, I'm better than you. Like based on what I've seen, I'm better than you, which I, that may not been true. My ego was nice and loud, but I did have a really successful summer. So I, I joined that company and made over a hundred thousand dollars in the next three and a half months. And that was, that's what launched my career in home security where I stayed for 11 years. So um, residential home security, I sold it. I built teams, trained teams, worked with uh, probably close to six, 700 people um, at the biggest my organization was, was a little over 150 and saw that, you know, work my ass off to build and sustain momentum. Um, learned a lot of lessons in leadership, learned a lot of lessons in management, did a lot of things right, did a lot of things wrong. And in 2016, so it had been 16, 17, or 17, 18, 19, and 20. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. 18, 19, and 20. So we had five years of growth, stead, steady growth. Um, and then we had three years of decline at the end. And there are two things that were happening. Uh, one is I, I believe the organization I was with, I was the only leader, sales leader in that company that was really committed to growing and doing the work required to grow. The other, there were a lot of other guys that were kind of coasting. They'd been in the business a, a decade. They'd made a lot of money. They weren't trying to go and, and build the entire thing anymore. And so you know, we lost some momentum in the organization. And then ultimately home security has become a much more commoditized industry in the last couple of years yeah. um, with Blink and Arlo cameras and Amazon and Apple's in the game and Samsung's in the game. I mean, it is very easy to set up your own alarm system today. That wasn't the truth 10 years ago. Yeah, And and that is, um, it's actually one of the big moments that Pat, Patrick, Pat David, who you mentioned and how we met. Patrick, I was doing a mastermind with him. So a, a, like a you know, 40 or 50 people jumped onto a call every month. And what year? I was, this was 18. It would have been, um, it would have been, it would have been 2020. 20 before COVID. Yeah. yeah. Right. As COVID, right. As COVID was rocking. So we were, you know, we thought COVID was going to be the death of door to door. And in some States it was, it was it very, was. in some States. Yeah. Northeast, especially I'm done. California, so parts, maybe parts of California, parts of California, generally speaking, the rest of America, it was gangbusters for door to door because humans were so devoid of human contact that if it wasn't the, you know, if they were afraid of you, they wouldn't answer the door. And if they were, and if they saw it was a human being to interact with, they would answer the door. And it was like this jolly celebration of, of, of life and connection and community and door to door. Uh, crushed the summer of like it was incredible results in every industry that I know of um, that that knocked on doors in 2020. During 2020, though, our, our business model was being challenged. Right, Amazon, like these these big companies, tech companies, were made a very big play into into the home security space and smart homes specifically. All these smart plugins and things that used to be very novel. And I was talking to Pat on this you know five six minute coaching conversation that I'd had with him, and I, I briefly explained 
The industry is in trouble. There are a few parachutes, things that we could do, you know, solar, other products that we could look into. I have done my best to bring these to the CEO and the president of the company. Like I've, I've tried to make a case that something needs to change dramatically. And it doesn't seem like their timeline is nearly as imperative as mine. And, and Pat said in that moment, he's like, if, if the writing's on the wall and you're, and you're voicing this sound of alarm, like assuming you're not wrong, if the leaders in your company aren't going to make that pivot with you, then you have to pivot on your own. And it wasn't specifically to solar. I didn't know that was exactly what I was going to do. Um, but his direct feedback, if you've ever gotten it from him too in a mastermind or anything, it was, uh, you know, I just treated it as the truth. And, and so far, every time I've done that, it's worked out pretty well. And and that's what we did. We we investigated thoroughly the solar industry to try to quickly understand, you know, what what was it about solar that a lot of my friends had seen? Was it something that we could pivot into? Was it viable to pivot into it with our current organization or do we need to break off? Did I need to start something fresh? And so although we had 40, 50 people still active in the organization, the original the original move wasn't to simply take everybody and say, hey, we're doing this now. It was and that might have proven better hindsight 2020. I, But what I did is I, I approached it and said, look, I need to make a decision for myself and my family and my future first. I'll do that along with my brother. Like. If we were starting from scratch and we were committed, we could build something. If that's what it takes, we'll do it. And so first we got to the place where we knew what we wanted to do no matter what and knew what we were committed to no matter what. And then we aligned around some principles that we had 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 experienced and done a good job of promoting inside of the culture in the home security space. And we also recognized some of the, the cultural pieces that had slipped in that we didn't want to work with anymore, just bad habits and and some bad relational dynamics that we didn't want to introduce into this new company. And so when we invited our team to join, it was really with that conversation it is here, here's who we are. Here's what we stand for. Here's what this is going to be like. And if you want to join, please, please come. And if this is what you're looking for, it's not here. It's not going to be here. And we, we didn't, we didn't have everybody transition over. We had, we had most of them transition short term. As we continue to stick to our guns about these things, we had a bunch of them transition out very quickly. And that was pretty scary to proactively reduce our sales force while we also went out on the limb of launching a company and, and had all of the financial implications and, and considerations about that. But you know, it proved to be one of the most important decisions we made early on. I mean, a very simple concept, know who you are, know the values of your company, and make every decision with alignment to them, which we have done to the best of our ability for three years now. Three years in solar. Three years in solar. So after selling security, Patrick but David's been a catalyst in your in your in your life. Uh, you would say, right? Would you agree to that? He Absolutely. And he got you consulting one on one masterminds. He got you to think about doing solar, and you got into it. You and your brother. What's your brother's name? Yeah, Jake. Jake. Jake and Peter. And three years. Last year, you spoke on stage, and you shared your your revenue, your your gains, your improvements. You share that last year. How yeah percentage wise? So our this year, so this year will actually end up being a slight down year. The industry itself has been kind of rocked with the interest rates that real estate has seen as well. Yeah. But last year, we we did forty eight million dollars in contracted revenue. 
Um, the year prior to that, it was 36. And then our first year was, well, I guess that was only a few, a few months, but it was like 3 million in the first few months. So 2020, 3 million. 2021? Yes, 2021, 36 million. 2022, 48 million. And, and this year will be 40-ish. So 48 last year, and this year, well, it's 2023. Oh, well, yeah, 2022. 40-ish. Is, is okay. yeah. we'll take that um you have a lot of w2 employees very few very few we have uh, a team in the philippines that are that VAs? are vas yeah vas um supporting and marketing project management and administrative assistance executive assistance so we've got a, a small team there we've got another uh dozen uh maybe maybe 10 10 or 11 w2 here and then 50 or 60, 1099. Peter, I mean, when I heard your thing last year, when you speak, I was floored. I mean, like that you show, you've seen numbers you shared with my audience right now, you shared on stage last year. I mean, that's pat on your guys back. So how much self-development? Go ahead. It, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll qualify, not that I have to qualify this, but I, I'll qualify it. Like in real estate, when you sell a house and it's a $1.2 million home, those numbers stack up pretty quick when you're selling a bunch of those, right? Because they're big projects. You know, our average customer size is $45,000. So the numbers stack quickly. And when I say them out loud, they sound a lot bigger than they feel. Um, and in solar, you can, you know, you, you can achieve pretty big benchmarks pretty quick. That being said, I know that what we've done is fairly unique in terms of most of our competition. And um, there are very low barriers to entry in solar. At least there have been historically. And that's, change soon. it'll change. It'll change. Yeah, it's, it's changing right now. There's a lot of regulation that's getting pushed yeah. through. It's a, um, a national, a residential solar association that's being formed to help bring some self uh, governance, self-improvement, self-regulation, just leveling up the industry so that it doesn't all come from outside which you know in the real estate business is you know one wow, of the wow, wow. yeah self-development how much did you sell and invest in self-development besides patrick but david do you go to mass other masterminds you have a coach life coach physical? yeah i've got i've got a bunch so uh, so i've spent i haven't calculated it recently well over half a million in the last 10 years the uh i've done a lot of landmark education so there's there's a company landmark they're amazing Worldwide, I think, is the company it's amazing i've been told to go a dozen of their courses, I want to say. And so I did Landmark. That was where I spent a lot of it. Uh, I've done a lot of Tony Robbins, um, Unleash the Power Within a couple times in person, Business Mastery a couple times now. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to date with Destiny in a month and a half. So oh, I've, got yeah. Tony. I've spent a lot of a lot of time and, and money investing into the valuetainment um, community. And, and I uh, that's, that's probably where most of my investment at this point has gone in terms of courses and and events but then beyond that i've done personal coaching so i've had a personal coach or a business coach for close to 10 years as well so i've had a, a few private kind of one-offs i worked with a tony robbins coach i i right now i worked with a southwestern consulting coach so one of their sister companies is a consulting company i worked with those guys for a year i've been now with a tony robbins coach for about two and a half years and I just added another, um, I'm doing a, a trip to Tulum for um, vision casting and really articulating and defining my one-year, three-year, and 10-year outcomes. And I'm doing that 
right before date with destiny. So my, my next two months are going to be crazy. I go to Tulum for six days on like a, a, there's no ayahuasca or drugs, but it's like a very personal kind of vision uh, focused experience. And then right after that, I do date with destiny um, along with my wife. We're going to, we're going to do that uh, virtually, but at our, at our property here um, out in the, out in the sticks or in the mountains in Arizona. So I needless to say, I invest a ton into myself. I've, I'm, I'm a product and I'm a product of that. I mean, I can, you can only learn so much through experience. You can only learn so much from a few pieces of wisdom here and there. You know, when you devour a book, like you're getting, you're getting a, you know, a decade or more of somebody else's life work and, and best experience. And Pat, I don't read books the way Patrick Bed David does. That guy's like books. encyclopedia. I mean, I don't know anybody who reads books that way, but no. but I read a lot. I read one or two, sometimes three books a month, and I'm just. I haven't found myself fantastic at taking notes and rereading, although with traction, um, I, I have reread it a few times and I've got notes and stickies in that. Oftentimes I'm listening to it or I'll, I'll speed read pretty quick and I'm just there to absorb. You know, I believe that that it's like your mind's pretty fertile, plant good seeds everywhere and, and the, the harvest will the harvest will be good. So I'm, I'm because I'm not hyper organized or meticulous in my note taking. I just I take as much as I can listen to podcasts all the time. And uh, yeah, I just. God put us here to learn. Right? We, we can't become who we're meant to be unless we are transforming who we are. And that, that takes some outside content. Amazing. Pat, uh, we're almost done, Peter. Uh, you got two more minutes? I'm good. Yeah. Thanks for letting me ramble so much. It's no, fun. please. I'm enjoying this. Peter, you know what I'm thinking? What, would you come to Florida often? I no, I don't. I pretty much only am in Florida for the the vault, the vault or the SLS. Yeah. What I'll do next time, maybe for the vault, I'll, I'll uh, we'll meet up. Or so I'll assess, we'll meet up after. Maybe I could do a face to face interview. It's a different, it's a different Fine. energy, different vibe. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Question: Law of Attraction. You familiar with it? Yes. Yeah. You, be you believe in it? So I. The meaning is different for many people. The, so I would say the answer is yes, for a, a bunch of different reasons. So I think like the metaphysical vibrational energy, um, power versus force wavelengths, like I believe all of that. In fact, so much of that is scientifically validated, like not, not the most woo woo versions that we've heard, but if you read power versus force, science documented that shit a long time ago, like decades ago, they documented that, you know, yogurt in a Petri dish will change its electromagnetic frequency based on your emotional, like what you're thinking about. Um, kinesiology, which everybody hears that word, like kinesiology, muscle testing, it's been done effectively across the world for ages. So I definitely believe that in, in that vein, law of attraction and, and vibrational energy and frequency stuff is real. I also have seen, you know, in my life, since I reincorporated faith and, 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 and found my faith, and for me, that's Christianity. I surrendered to Christ three years ago. I have never found more serendipity in my life than I have in the last three years. And, and I think when there's a tremendous amount of serendipity, you're dealing, you're at least walking in the same lane as, um, as law of attraction. I agree with and you. So, so I think when you're grounded, connected and in flow state, and you're not fighting up river against everything, I think you find a lot more of the things that you think you want, because what you want is aligned with what God or the universe intends for you. hundred percent. Wow. That's amazing. I think you seem, seem, your same, uh, same means I follow. I feel like you can call it God or universe, depending on the person. I do think that there's one thing the book secret doesn't talk about as much is the, to put action. You must mm -hmm. put the action in God. You know, I'm, I'm Muslim. 
and even Islam. Um, and you know, and and, and by the way, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity are very similar. You know, Bible, yeah. Torah, Quran, right? Uh, we're, we're considered to be cousins in so many ways. They say, yeah. um, but you put the step in. You have faith in God, and then God will deliver. Universe deliver, whatever. But interesting. Uh, last question: Your wife does she work? Very hard at home with the kids. So we started homeschooling this year. Okay. Did she have and a career before that? She she had a career, a professional career, a long time ago. So she, out of college, she worked for a few years, and then when I got back into door to door she traveled with me so that we could be close and then we had our first child almost 10 years ago and then since then it's been full-time mom which is the greatest gift that we could give our kids and i'm glad i can support amanda to do it because it fills her more than anything else no note for my audience i stalked peter after i came back from the vault and beautiful family beautiful family by the way i i, I think i saw you on facebook i took i looked you up on facebook so god bless you for that my friend the reason why i asked you how supportive is your wife? But because, you know, some households, wives have their own career and their own aspirations. And sometimes wives have to kind of give that up for the for the husband to take over. How has that been for you guys overall? We, we see the masculine, feminine um, dance as I believe would be considered what many would call traditional. I, I think feminine and masculine energy are different. I think they work differently. I think... God intended us to be uh, different and complementary, And Amanda and I really, we lean into that. And it's not, there is, I'm driven by this, this mission driven view paradigm of life that it's like, if I don't have a mission to go accomplish, I'm just not right. <laughs> and she doesn't have the same drive. And so I, I get to to take that and, and drive towards a mission that adds value to our family and our, our life, but also the community in the world. And her, she's driven by supporting and empowering me to be a person I couldn't be otherwise, which is absolutely who she is for me. And she'd tell you I'm the same thing for her. But then her mission is giving our children uh, support, love, foundation, and and care that set them up to go experience the world as, as greatly as they can. So yeah. it, it's not too much of a, a struggle for us in that regard. We've got plenty of friends and like my brother's wife, she's got a, a business that she started and that really, really works for her and for them. But for us, we're really comfortable with um, with her owning everything in the home and the kids. And that's like, it, it fulfills her and fills her. And yeah. since homeschool, that's yeah. like a whole other. So like we, we thought we were, so she was going to be looking for careers again or something. I didn't know if she's going to work with me or go volunteer time at a, at a nonprofit, which was kind of her number one option. Cause she didn't know if she could handle me being her boss, which was probably a fair, fair assessment to be concerned about. Uh, but then we stumbled into homeschool. We had talked about it for a few years and it just, it just, it all came together at the same time. And so we just wrapped up. She just wrapped up the first uh, quarter with our oldest two girls and she loves it. And so now, now she's set for the next, what do we got? 13 more years homeschooling from the oldest to the youngest. So, so we got another, she got, she's got a, she's got a, a career at home as a teacher for quite a while now. That's beautiful. That's yeah. awesome. You have three girls or two girls? Three girls and a boy. So we go girl, girl, and then twins are the last two. Beautiful. That's amazing. Dude, that's amazing. Peter, you know what? I'm just thinking, man, if you walked in right now with a white coat and say, hey, um, I'm your doctor, I would think you're my doctor. You speak so good. You look the part of a doctor. I never would think you're an entrepreneur the way you speak so good, man. Like I'm like, I'm going to keep listening to you. 
most entrepreneurs can't speak, apparently. <laughs> I can't speak. I'm, well, I'm, I'm a I, podcast host. <laughs> I, I, so Pat, Pat made fun of me a couple of years, two years ago at the vault. He's, he said, anybody who's a valedictorian, stand up. And I had to stand up. Now, again, I got to qualify this. I was a valedictorian of a town of 2,400 people. Doesn't matter, so Peter. Doesn't not, matter. But, but Pat's, there's only three of us. There's 2,000 people, and there's only three of us that stood up. So to your point, um, I don't know that it's a blessing. It might be more of a curse in the world of entrepreneurship, but I am a thinker. Let me and, tell you something. Uh, You're, you speak really well. Really well. Peter, where, where can we find you? You can find me at uh, the Swenson Brothers on Instagram uh, or YouTube or PV Swenson on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. And my brother and I have got a, we got a podcast we've been playing with and a brand that we're going to continue to build. And then I've got my personal stuff as well. Beautiful. Peter, what's the name of the company? Solar Company. Solar Company is Genesis Power Solutions. Love it. And, and we serve, currently we serve Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, New Mexico, and Arizona. Five states. Five states. Wow. Look at you guys. Well, God bless you, Peter. I'm going to either fly to you. And Nebraska. Like, I can't forget about Nebraska. Oh. Shout out to my Nebraska people. We're in Nebraska now, too. Six states. Six, Six states. states. Look at you guys. Amazing. How many how many employees do you have? Uh, just, just under salespeople, a little over 50. Total is right at 70. In three years. Three years. Yeah, we've, been, we've been bigger. We've, we've been bigger. Now we're smaller. We're, we're going to, we're on a, I feel like we've been running a startup for three years, but we, we continue to learn more every day and we're just trying to fail fast and move forward. Where do you live right now? Arizona, just you outside know, of Phoenix. I, I may come to you there. I'm doing interview face to face. Peter, I enjoyed this so much. Thank you for jumping on board. You know, you're, you're a man of your word. I talked to him, like you said yes to me. I'm like, man, he's so busy. Like, oh, dude, KB can't do it. But you are happen. a man of your word, man. You did. You're, and your assistant, Reina, she's a pleasure to work with. Shout out to Reina. She puts it together for us. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you for the time, KB. Thank you, Peter. Good luck with everything. God bless you. And the future looks bright. Future looks bright. Thank you so much.